Hi, I'm the Strategist Cowboy. This week, I am reviewing one Swedish wheat beer, and I set it up against a dark ale from Tampa, Florida, USA. The two beers reviewed today are in order. Engel Weizen and Maduro Brown Ale. Our first contestant is the wheat beer Engel Weizen or Vorvete from the for us new acquaintance brewery Engel from Kalmar, Sweden. Engel is translated meadow beer. Vorvete is translated spring wheat. Is it a coincidence that this beer's name has the word mead, mead in it? Swedish wheat beers are not very common. This wheat beer is Im imitating a typical German wheat beer from Bavaria. The Engel Weizen beer assortment is brewed with water, barley malt, wheat malt, hops, and yeast. The beer has the best before date on the bottleneck, strangely enough. The best before date is mid-August 2022. I purchased this beer about four or five months ago. The Engel Weizen beer assortment comes in a size 33 centiliter or 11 liquid ounces bottle. It's an unusual, unusual bottle here in Sweden. Looks like an old fashioned but minimized milk bottle. The bottle label is green with an even greener meadow with colorful shiny butterflies in it. The bottle label is one folded. The beer costs 21.50 Swedish kronor, i.e. two US dollars and 30 cents. The cost for this wheat beer is 84 cents per four ounces of beer. It is kind of cheap, but it has not been transported all that far. It is not made in Scania though. The preferred serving temperature is according to the system below it, between eight to 10 degrees Celsius, i.e. about four to six to 50 degrees Fahrenheit. The brewery says nothing about preferred serving temperature. The Engel Weizen has got a 5% ABV. 5% ABV. How about the experience then? Let's see how um, what temperature this beer has got.
this flips from one degree to another several degrees uh, difference for, for each time I pull the trigger but about 11.8 10.6 something suddenly yeah okay so it's in Fahrenheit it should be uh, uh, 50 51 degrees Fahrenheit yeah it fits 50 degrees Fahrenheit 48.2 50, 50 degrees Fahrenheit about it's not a very good instrument from Bosch I can tell you that non-commercial okay ha oh yeah Got a nice aroma, nice wheat aroma. About a two fingers tall head. Yeah, and it's in color. It's a yellow, uh, kind of uh, cloudy. Yeah, it's cloudy. It should be. It's a wheat beer and uh, it's yellow and uh, very nice aroma nice white foam my first impression the first impression on me is uh, This well can compete with this can compete well with German wheat beers. Very well. I think it's better than most German wheat beers, but not all of them. They haven't tampered with the yeast strings at least. But it's kind of sweet. For, for wheat beer, it is rich. Well, it is. It's got a body, uh, a full body. It's uh, a little bit bread-like, perhaps. Mm, bread-like. And... Uh, a little bit too sweet for my taste, but okay. Uh, yeasty, is it? It's possible. It's malty, very malty. Taste of my palate is sweetness. A little bit too sweet for me, for my taste. Bitterness or hoppiness? Uh, not, not very bitter at all. 
it's not it's is close to nothing uh it may be hoppy but i don't sense any bitterness so uh yeah it's not candy like or maybe it is because it's sweet and not exactly candy more like soda or something fruitiness uh, how they tamper with the yeast strings it's possible but if they have they have succeeded better than the germans who um, they get an artificial taste on there. This is not very artificial. It's possible that it's, they have tampered with the yeast strings, but I don't think so. I should have uh, sensed it. It's uh, a little bit. It might be fruity, some uh, sweet fruit like uh, well peach or mm, peach spices uh, or i don't know i don't think so uh, yeah my, maybe some spices some uh, pepper spice but not much uh, herbs no i don't think so uh, perhaps i don't i don't know I'm not very good at spices and herbs. Herbs, uh, they, it might be. I, I couldn't say. The undertone is. Uh, a little bit banana taste, and that's why I imagine they might have tampered with the yeast strings. But um, who knows? If they have, they have succeeded very well. The carbonation level is not, uh, I don't think, uh, very high or low. It's not creamy, of course, and uh, it's not acidic. And if there are any aberrations, it's um, no, I don't think so. I, I wouldn't say. Uh, I don't think so. The aftertaste is uh, banana taste. And banana is one uh, one thing of uh, when they have tempered with yeast drinks that usually comes up. Did I say that? That's uh, the flavor it gets from tampering with the yeast drinks. Okay, let's see here. Pineapple, pine needle, hints of purple, pineapple. It's very sweet. Okay. Almost honey like. But uh, otherwise. I wouldn't say much more. Okay, what about grading then? 
As I said, this pear is a little bit too sweet for me. But it's uh, for me. I mean, that's uh, the impression it makes on me, my taste buds. So I'd grade this pear. Well, four or five devils out of 10 possible. Uh, I have to grade it four devils out of 10 possible, I think. But it's my personal preferences that makes this the case. But I don't, I don't think I would have graded it more than um, five devils out of 10 possible even if I had been into sweet wheat bears. So, uh, yeah, I think that's about it. I finished that beer. Let's go on. Let's move on to our next beer. Our second contestant for this week is the Maduro Brown Ale from Cigar City Brewing in Tampa, Florida. This is the first beer I tried from Cigar City Brewing. And I must say that I'm looking forward to it. It is interesting what Cigar City Brewing writes on their website. I must quote, quote, Did you know, among the darkest colored and most complex, complex cigars, made in Tampa's Ybor City, is the Maduro. Made with an overripe wrapper and exhibiting chocolatey and earthy flavors. We draw inspiration from these sophisticated cigars and from Tampa's cigar-making history with Maduro Brown Ale, a northern English brown ale brewed with flaked oats, full in body and silky on the palate. Maduro Brown Ale's chocolate and espresso notes, espresso notes are rounded out by toffee-like qualities and a light woody hop presence. Enjoy Maduro Brown Ale with chicarones, ropa vieja, or a fine hand rolled cigar. End quote. Hmm, interesting. It is still possible to promote smoking in Florida. What am I, what am I saying if it is if it is possible to promote beer, what can, why can't you promote smoking? That is actually an interesting point. In Sweden, it is culturally impossible to promote smoking, but culturally possible to promote beer, at least low ABV beer. By the way, Chicarones Ropavier in Spanish is translated into pork rinds, old clothes in English. The ingredients in the Maduro brown ale are water, barley malt, wheat malt, flaked oats, hops, and I guess yeast. This beer assortment has got an IBU of 25, according to Cigar City Brewing's website. But on the can, it says that it has got an IBU of 20. Don't know what's going on there. 
This beer is said to be vegan friendly, but not gluten free. I purchased this particular beer some four or five months ago. The expiration date on the bottle is the beginning of March 2022. We are in late April 2022 now. The brewery says that it is important to drink this beer within the best before date. It says on the can, drink fresh and do not age. But I have stored this beer in my cooler for the whole duration since I purchased this beer. So it should be good even though the best before date on this particular beer is nearly two months ago. The Maduro Brown Ale beer assortment comes in a nice all but the lower pot brown standard American size 35.5 centiliters i.e. 12 liquid ounces can. This beer can of course has a cigar on it in a white circle with the text Cigar City Brewing. This beer assortment costs about 25 Swedish kronor, i.e. 2 US dollars and 65 cents. That is 88 cents per 4 ounces of beer. That is pretty darn cheap for a quality beer, if it is a quality beer, just as they promise, hauled all the way from Florida. The preferred serving temperature is, according to Systemblogit, 10 to 12 degrees Celsius, i.e. about 50 to 54 degrees Fahrenheit. The brewery says nothing on their website, nor do they say anything on the can about preferred serving temperatures. The Maduro Brown Ale has got a 5.5% ABV, a 5.5% ABV. How about the experience then? One moment. Okay. Let's just uh, let's first start checking the temperature. It should be the same as the former beer. Uh, let's see. Well, about eight point seven percent degrees Celsius. And that's in Fahrenheit. 47. About 48 degrees. It rises 50 degrees Fahrenheit. I don't know. I, I think I'm going to quit using this uh, Bosch instrument because it's so crappy. It's not interesting anyway. To know uh, the average beer temperature in my cooler. So uh, I think I will skip this in the future. I'm, I'm tired of it. I'm, grown, I'm tired of it. Okay, how about the experience then?
It's like more than a two fingers tall head. Got a coffee shop chocolate aroma, I think. Yeah, uh, a chocolatey aroma. And in color it is uh, pitch dark, pitch black. As uh, should be. Uh, the, uh, the aroma is chocolate. Chocolate, yeah. First impression, uh, let's pour up the rest of the beer. First impression, it makes me happy. Actually, it's a very good beer. That's the first impression. For a porter or, or, or is it a stout? I don't know. Oh, it's a porter. It's uh, not that rich actually, but uh, it, it only means that it's not so oily like other porters. It's, uh, it's still very good. And I think it's good that it's not oily in its consistency. Con consist consistency. I don't know. Because it's still very tasty. It's not very bread-like. Uh, perhaps pumpernickel spread. Perhaps I uh, I wouldn't say exactly. Okay, let's say pumpernickel spread. Uh, yeasty is it yeasty? Uh, no, I wouldn't say so. It's not, uh, well, it's malty, I think. The taste of my palate is, uh, Sweet chocolatey, perhaps. Perhaps it's a. Uh... It's a little bit sweet. It is. It's not very bitter at all. I don't think so. Not very. And it's not uh, ex exactly hoppy. I couldn't tell anyway. It's uh, not candy like. Uh, perhaps a little bit orange peely fruitiness. 
spices uh, uh, I don't sense any herbs undertone coffee like carbonation level I don't know not yet anyway I'll soon burp perhaps or I won't I don't know it's is it creamy yes I think it is a little bit creamy and that's a good uh, thing in a beer in a, a stout or a porter so it's nothing bad. It's not acidic and there are no aberrations. I like this beer. Uh, let's see here. Maybe, just maybe, you can say that it's a bit of a licorice taste in it. Yeah, maybe you can. But coffee definitely and chocolate definitely. Is there a vanilla taste in it? Yeah, I think so. A vanilla taste in it. A little bit. But uh, this beer is actually not so com uh, complex as many other uh, porters are. It's possible to discern the, the flavors in it. Uh, I think, one moment, <clears throat> excuse me, okay, there is some uh, combination evidence. What about grading then? Okay, what do I grade this beer? This is a, actually a beer I could drink every day. Uh, it's not so oily, so it 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 can it can pass as a regular beer, it, even though it's a better taste than most regular beers, because it's not so oily. I think I'm gonna grade this beer. Nine devils out of ten possible. Yes. If it had had a little bit more full body, I would have graded it ten devils out of ten possible. 
but uh, not an oily body in that case. I I think this beer could do well with a, uh, a red steak. Or meatballs, <laughs> Swedish meatballs. Uh, and potatoes and, and brown sauce. It's, it's a it's a very good beer. Nine devils out of ten possible. It's a good review, even for me. So uh, I congratulate the brewery, which calls who calls themselves uh, Cigar City Brewing. I don't think they're is a cigar city but anyway cigar city brewing it is okay absolutely don't drink and operate heavy machines military or civilian drink responsibly or not at all don't drink at all if you're underage or pregnant this week's lesson i call Imaging satellites. The US Aegis BMD system paired with the RIM 161 Standard Missile 3 or SM3 has a limited capacity to shoot down satellites in the lower segment of low Earth orbit. American photo reconnaissance satellites in low Earth orbit. LEO reportedly have as high a resolution as 12 to 15 centimeters, which means that they can see your bike standing on the balcony. Anyone today can buy an image from a civilian photo reconnaissance satellite from commercial companies such as Space Imaging or Iconos, e.g., on a sensitive installation with a resolution of 19 inches. Own signal reconnaissance and in a twilight dawn also radar imaging satellites are therefore more prioritized for us. We will probably still have access to communication, images and positioning if Russia becomes our only opponent. Esther Ekot reported on the 5th of November 2013 that Sweden and France worked together for a few years on an advanced space-based signal reconnaissance system. But in May 2011, Sweden pulled back from the project. It would have been too expensive. Exactly what financial amount it would have meant for Sweden's participation and the Swedish Defence Forces is not known. It was about technology, technologically advanced listening equipment that is placed on satellites that orbit at an altitude of about 600 to 1100 kilometers above the Earth. The purpose is to reveal military installations such as air defence systems and radar systems. 
France continued its work and hoped to get the system up and running by 2020. I cannot speak French, so I don't know how that worked out for the French. As far as I know, at present, the lowest echelon units in the US military deployed on the other side of the Atlantic are unable to intercept on-demand satellite imagery in a timely and sustainable manner for pre-mission planning. This is due to insufficient number of overflying satellites, inability to intercept direct satellite downlinking at the tactical level, and to, inform, in, to information flow limitations. DARPA's space-enabled effects for military engagements, CME, aimed to give mobile individual combat army units access to on-demand space-based tactical information in remote and beyond line of sight conditions. If the project is successful, CME will provide small units and individual groups with the ability to intercept time-critical image information in their remote area on the other side of the globe, directly from a small satellite at the touch of a button, something currently not possible with military or commercial satellites. The program aims to develop a constellation of small disposable satellites for a fraction of the cost of an airborne system, which will allow deployed fighter jets to press CME on existing handheld equipment to receive satellite images at their exact location within 90 minutes. DARPA planned for CME to be merged with the unmanned aerial vehicle technology that provides units with local and regional high resolution coverage. But UAVs cannot survey large areas without multiple UAVs regularly refueling or charging and changing of batteries. And it requires a base for the purpose. CME aims to provide fighter jets at multiple deployed locations on the other side of the Atlantic with real-time image information with small logistics and maintenance costs in addition to fighter jet pilots handheld equipment. The CME constellation can consist of one to two dozen satellites. Each satellite can be operational for 60 to 90 days in a very low LEO orbit before the satellite re-enters the atmosphere and burns up. It does not leave space debris in orbit and the re-entry does not involve any risks. I have no present information about CME. The last bit of open source information about CME is from 2018. A quote from Army Technology, quote, These smaller CME satellites will be dedicated to soldiers, providing them with real-time images 
from space when they're needed most. The company can use its automated missile production lines to develop large numbers of the CME satellites. Once built, the US research agency will integrate the satellite onto a spaceflight industry's payload that is slated to be launched into low Earth orbit on a SpaceX rocket later this year. Military users will be able to assess and evaluate the satellite's performance during missions to be carried out early next year. A CME constellation is expected to comprise different types of small satellites, each capable of being operational, operational for one to five years before deorbiting and burning up, thereby leaving no space debris and causing no re-entry hazard." End quote. Most satellites are launched into in an eastward direction so that they use the Earth's rotation as an extra propulsive force. It is reasonable to assume that Russian photoreconnaissance satellites can zoom in on a few fixed points where they expect there to be enemy forces, such as ships in port or one or more air defense systems and radar systems located at a strategic airport during their overflight of E.G. Gotland. I would assume that it takes significantly less than 10 hours to download and get some useful retention of the close-up images, as they are probably selective with, with what areas they choose to look at and therefore can study the selected area in close-up, followed by the operations of aircrafts, cruise missiles or Iskander-M, if they so wish. It can take minutes or longer to pinpoint an air defense system in the vicinity of an interesting area on a still image. We should assume that the Russian satellites in the not too distant future can be linked via an UAS down to the intercepting ground station so that they wouldn't, wouldn't have to use store and forward, but can study the images in close to real time capability and in some sense can use the pictures tactically. As for the air defense systems, you can move them marginally but, but immediately after an overflight of a photoreconnaissance satellites. It may be that Russian photoreconnaissance satellites take more of surveillance pictures over a larger area, so you should always regroup the Iris TSL air defense systems after a photoreconnaissance satellite overflight. This regrouping of the Iris TSL systems should be made within 60 minutes because the number of possible hidden deployed places for the Iris TSL systems is significantly larger than for the Patriot missile air defense system, which constitute a base defense, and the Russian image interpretation will therefore be more difficult and take longer time. Each IRIS-T SL system with mobile radar 
and support vehicles must be able to be redeployed between at least three different effective locations relatively close to the protected systems. Note that most nations have few image generating satellites in orbit. See you later, alligator, at a wild crocodile. Oh, thank you.